Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creason. As always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here. Despite the fact that the Rockies just dropped an incredibly frustrating game, an incredibly frustrating series to the Kansas City Royals. Really, a series they should have won and one that they could have swept if they'd had just played decent fundamentals in game one, if they'd had just pitched uh, to their actual capabilities uh, throughout the set, they sweep this one. Look, you score 10, 10, and 7 against a team that's, uh, you know, you know struggling on the year, doesn't have top-end talent, came in with 10 wins, has had all these issues so far this year. You should be able to win that series. You should win that series comfortably right i wrote about and talked about game one quite a bit um and and we've had this conversation throughout the year six hundred runs is absolutely completely and utterly unacceptable uh, it is the fact that kyle freeland had one of the worst outings of his career you know by number of hits allowed it was the worst outing of his career he was awful he just didn't have it you know he came out he was leaving everything in the middle of the zone couldn't hit a spot Everything was flat. It it was bad. And a lot of times you're just going to lose because of that, right? And had it gone that way, and that's the frustrating thing about both of the losses in this series, is that had it really just been one of those times where the starter shows up and doesn't have it, like Freeland on Friday, Gomber not quite so much on Sunday. Uh, he, he, you know, didn't have a great outing, but he certainly wasn't terrible. But still, if, if you go, hey, look, they're, they're down 4 nothing, they're down 5 nothing before the third or fourth inning, and they end up losing the ball game, sure. You know, again, I'd be on here going, 162 games, you can't win every series against every team you're supposed to beat. You're going to drop some. You're going to win some series against some teams that on paper you shouldn't be able to beat like they did against the Dodgers to start the year, right? Now what happens with San Francisco is going to be under much more of a magnifying glass because if they can bounce back and beat San Francisco in this series, then you feel like, okay, they're still on a good enough track here. But if they drop another one, you know, there's another early season thing to start worrying about here. Um, Lots to talk about in terms of they still haven't had Chris Bryant and the backside of this bullpen and, and not the back end, I should say the... The negative side guys have been really, really bad. This is another thing that we've talked about is that, and it bit them twice in this series, that when you're losing in the middle innings, which they were on Friday and Sunday, you, you've got to turn to these minus side guys and they're throwing fuel on the fire right now. They're making it so despite the fact that your offense is having these big comebacks and they are putting up, you know, 10 runs in a game or yesterday, seven runs in a game, doesn't really matter because Chassin gave up what he did, right? Because the games have gotten that much further away anyway. And so extraordinarily frustrating, absolutely, especially the loss on Sunday where they're down six to nothing and have a comeback, take the lead, and are up 7-6 going into the ninth inning, handing the ball to a guy who's only blown one save all year, and that's game they still won. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then two walks in the inning for Daniel Bard. 
You can't have that. Again, Salvador Perez is a great hitter. It was a decent pitch that he ended up driving in, the tying and go-ahead, and what ended up being winning runs for Kansas City. It was an okay pitch. But the bases were full. <laughs> you know? And you can't do that. You can't give away free bases. You can't give away free runs. Ultimately, you give away games and you give away the series. And that's exactly what the Rockies did here against Kansas City. With all due respect to a professional baseball team with some cool, good, fun young players on it. And some guys who had some nice performances. And, you know, yeah, the Rockies pitchers were leaving mistakes in the middle of the plate. But you still got to hit them. There's all that. Okay, there's, there's all that. But quite frankly, the Royals did not beat the Rockies in this series. The Rockies beat themselves. And we have seen far far too much of that early in the year. Now, they are still got their heads above water, right? They're still sitting right around 500. And quite frankly, you know, again, I picked this team to finish two games over 500. I think it would be a bit silly and naive to believe that they could accomplish that by staying above 500 all season. I, I expect the ups and downs. I expect them to fall under 500, maybe even this week. You know, probably it's, it's going to be tough. San Francisco's a good team. Got New York coming in here. They're they're better than they've been. <laughs> uh, and then out to the road again. Now, the road trip is Pittsburgh and Washington. So that's a really nice place to see, especially if they're back to full strength. You got Chris Bryant back. Maybe you can go out and do something about your road woes. But this home series or this home stand just got that much more pressurized because they didn't take care of business against the team that should have been the team that it's easiest to take care of business against, right? They kicked the series away at times, almost literally six unearned runs in game one cannot happen. We talked about it in the Philadelphia series. We talked about it when they were out in San Francisco and this just, I mean, the, the, it'll torpedo the team folks. There's absolutely no way around it, right? They, they cannot be doing this. If the Rockies, Change nothing else. Keep the the starting pitching that's been off and on, struggled here and there, definitely did over the weekend. Keep the bullpen that only has like three guys, three or four guys in it you feel like you can trust. And one of them ended up blowing the game last night anyway. Right? Keep the offense, which has been tremendous at home and terrible on the road. Keep all that exactly the same as it is. And just give the Rockies solid fundamental defense. Not great defense. Not stuff where they're going and getting the extra, you know, the ball in the gap and the diving play and the big thing. No, just quality, fundamental defense. And there's probably already four or five games that you could take out of the loss column and put them into the win column. And that's a massive difference for a team like this that has such a small margin of error. Because they don't have the top-end talent to bail them out. Because they don't have the depth to bail them out. And that, that's exactly what we saw in this series, right? Particularly that depth issue. Where they have enough talent to have come back in these games. To have made them close to have almost overcome 600 runs in a game. Like, they almost did it. They almost won that game anyway. And again, on Sunday. Down 6 nothing to a team you really should not be down 6 nothing to. On a day where you got to hand the ball to one of your guys who has been pitching well, did okay, Gomber, three earned runs, you know. But you're down 6 nothing in the late innings. But they make the comeback. 
and then you lose because your closer walks two people. Again, I know the hit was the thing that came through, but two singles doesn't score two runs in the ninth. You've got to keep those free runners off the base paths. So that is both incredibly frustrating and there is a silver lining to it because a lot of times in baseball, you know, it's it's very difficult to point to what needs to change, right? For example, the Rockies' inability to get hits on the road. We've been having this debate and argument and analysis and conversation for years and years and years. How do you get the Rockies to hit better on the road? Is it a new pitching coach? Is it a new pitching approach? Is it building the roster in a certain type of way? Do you need high contact guys? Do you need high walk rate guys? Do you just home run yourself out of this problem and live with the days that are bad days? All kinds of thoughts and feelings and philosophies, and there's no way to know which one would be true until you start trying stuff. And then if it still doesn't work, you really don't necessarily know why, (laughs) right? It It can feel like magic. This, on the other hand isn't magic. It's not, you, you know, it's, it's frustratingly ambiguous because it's hard to tell why guys like, for example, Ryan McMahon are making mistakes right now. We could, in a small sample size, reach the conclusion that maybe Mac played over his head all year last year, that for whatever reason, there was something special in the water in 2021 and McMahon was just the best defender in baseball, but he's never going to do that again. And actually he's more of an average defender who's maybe mistake prone because that's what he's been so far this season. But that doesn't seem, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not implausible, but it doesn't seem like the most likely scenario to me. You know, a a few of these other things we've talked before about how Charlie Blackman obviously doesn't have the range or the athleticism or the defensive ability that he used to. But it still seems odd to me the couple of times he's completely booted a baseball. Like one in front of him, not getting back on one, not being able to make the big catch. Sure, yeah. And those are the times where you sit there and go, ah, maybe he shouldn't be playing so much in the field. But he's had one or two that the ball has fallen in front of him. He's been right there and it just, whoop, right between the wickets, right? What are we talking about? What are we doing out there, right? That just has to end. It's simply has to end and I I do think that the big conversation if the Rockies can continue to keep their heads above water can figure out a way to be around it or or in it within striking distance you know come trade deadline or maybe even before the trade deadline they would think of solving this problem because it's so clear is more depth in that bullpen they need another arm out there Uh, these are all winnable games if you've got a few extra guys who can do something for you And, you know, right now they just don't have them. And I think it's entirely possible that guys like Shasin Coloma is the one that I think is really going to have a better second half than he's been so far. But it happens a lot. We we saw it last year. There were, you know, the entire bullpen basically had a miserable first half and a pretty darn good second half. You want to spread that out a little bit, balance it out so that you've got four or five guys going good at any given time. And right now it's two or three maybe, and like I said, then you've got Bard kind of out there, you know, doing this stuff. First really bad one of the year, but it hurts all that much extra when you've made a six-run comeback, a seven-run comeback. Tyler Kinley's been great. Everyone else has struggled a little bit right now, and, and that bullpen 
could use some reinforcements. And it's something we've talked about all year. It was always going to be the key element of the team, right? Coming into the season, we knew that. And and giving up these big numbers at Coors Field is going to happen sometimes. The offense almost bailed them out throughout the entire series. But they're going to need to pick up, like, again, if this team's going to be competitive, if they're going to get into the postseason, then I continue to believe they're going to fall just short of that. But one of the ways they could do it is by reinforcing this bullpen somehow. And I understood the move to send down Justin Lawrence when they did it. Because, again, I think they're thinking long-term, both in terms of making sure Justin Lawrence can be as good as he could possibly be, but also for the season that they're going to need him and those innings are going to be that much more important later in the year. But later in the year can't be important if you kick away the season now. And they've got a really good opportunity here, like I said, if they can get themselves right against these two good teams at home to finish out May and and go into June on a really, really good set of positive momentum, right? Three games here against San Francisco. If they win the set, I think they get their confidence back. They stay above, above 500. They feel like, yeah, we're still a pretty good baseball team, right? You lose the set. Things start to get a little bit tense and frustrating. Now you really need to bounce back against the Mets over the weekend. They they would they'd be kind of in a desperate spot to bounce back against those Mets. But if you win the series against San Francisco, win the series against New York, then you go on the road to Pittsburgh and Washington, and you return home to face Miami before a four gamer with Atlanta. So before facing the defending champs. You've got the opportunity here to build yourself a nice little buffer zone of being above 500. Then they've got a a tough trip there after that where it's off to San Francisco and San Diego. You know how those California road trips go. But Pittsburgh, Washington, Miami, after this, the rest of this homestand is very, very doable. So it's imperative that the Rockies get themselves right here against the Giants and at the very least play clean baseball. You know, those those issues get compounded when you don't have the starting pitching. I did tell you all that I thought Armand Marquez was going to come out and have a much, much better start, and he did. You know, he was due for one, and you see it. You see that is the difference, right? That's why, you know, whenever we talk about this team, and I know people want to get excited about position players and star players and elite players and who hits home runs and, and all of that stuff. But again, this, this series was the perfect example that no matter how good your offense is, no matter how many runs you're capable of putting up and sometimes putting up in a hurry, seven in an inning to take the lead. If you can't pitch, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter anywhere. And so the starters got to lock it in a little bit better. They've had and they've had too many of these games so far in the season where they've come out and the starter just didn't have it. The bullpen is an issue. It just is. I gave them a D minus grade coming into the season for a reason. And, and they started out well, and that was great. And that was important. And those wins still count. And we're going to have to deal with some of these folks. I'm just, you know, the bullpen, the bullpen's not good right now. 
And that's real shaky, especially when your starters still haven't quite gotten into their rhythm yet. So it's going to be up in the air. You need to figure out a way to beat these giants. Can't beat them on the road. Couldn't beat them at all last year. Got to find a way to beat them at home. It almost feels like not getting swept would be a win here, but still, I don't. I mean, you win one game, you you drop two, you're under 500. You still feel like the Giants have your number. You you've lost two series in a row at home, where you're supposed to be dominating. Like that's not gonna feel good. But remembering the numbers against San Francisco last year, you almost feel like just don't get swept. This team has got to keep their head above water until they can get healthy and be in a position to add to the bullpen, whether that's through the minor leagues with guys getting the seasoning that they need to truly be ready to come up or, or through a trade or you know, they pick up some of these guys off of the waiver wires that are going on, whatever it is, because the bullpen's not good enough and they're making way too many mistakes. I don't know exactly what to do about the bullpen. That's tricky. The mistakes this team should not be making. And I really do suspect that at the end of the season, defensively, they're going to play to their resumes, which means this is going to stop. The bad defensive baseball is going to stop because that's not who these guys are. It's been weird. It's been infuriating to watch. But I don't think it continues. Now, I've said that a couple of times, and it has continued, right? It has shown its ugly head now at home. And it had been largely out on the road, but this Royal Series, way too many mistakes, physical and mental. To the point that I asked Bud Black about it, and I wrote about this on milehighsports.com, and even he, who historically has wanted to stay away from the idea that the team is making mental errors, much more... You know, hey, the physical ones. But yeah, he said he was both frustrated and surprised. The same way I'm sure a lot of us are. (laughs) Watching it and trying to analyze it and trying to figure out, like, how do you tighten that up, right? Because it's not a coaching thing. It's not, it's just each individual has got to be locked in a little bit tighter. They've got to stop pressing for whatever reason early in the season, feeling like they're playing with no margin for error. But beyond that, whatever it is, if the whole team just needs to take a dip in the river or something, bring in their rabbit's feet. Because again, I don't need them. They're not going to be as phenomenal defensively as Rockies teams of the past. They're not. They're not that talented defensively, but they're, they shouldn't be a joke. They shouldn't be this. And they know that they're frustrated by it too. Probably more. But maybe it is that recognition of kind of what I've been saying this whole time. And and they probably know it too. In fact, I know that they know it. They, they, don't have a margin for error. If 
if they're pressing, and I, and I think they are a bit in a lot of areas of the game, especially defensively, to make that great play, to make sure you get absolutely every single potential out and instead of just making sure you're keeping the runners where they are and all those types of things, is because they know, especially on the road, that the margin for error is always going to be incredibly tiny and that they know that this team is in a great position to sneak up on people, but that they're not going to dominate. And so when you're in these games and you have the chance to win them when otherwise you maybe shouldn't because your starting pitcher didn't have it that day or the bullpen is imploding, so now you're down six. Rockies teams of the past, a lot of them just lose that game six to one. This team has shown they can come back and take the lead, 7-6. to six. When you lose that game, absolute gut punch. Far worse than a lot of the things of the past, right? And I think that explains a little bit of it because they know they can and arguably should be winning these games. They know they should have won at least one game in Philadelphia, probably two of them. And they know they should have won game one in San Francisco. And a lot of those losses have come down to one or two key mistakes that have nothing to do with the pitching hitting dynamic of baseball, which is typically where games are won and lost right, is in the battle over the strike zone between the pitcher and the hitter. Rarely are too many games lost because of the difference of talent level once the ball is in play. And the Rockies are losing them on that right now. And for me, that is the most frustrating thing to watch. I can watch a team lose because their pitching isn't good enough. I've been watching it for 30 years, right? I can watch a team lose because they can't buy a hit on the road. I've been watching that for 30 years too. Kicking the ball around, killing me. So let me know how you're feeling about it, what you're thinking about it. If you've been watching these games, if you've got any idea, you know, <laughs> let's hear them. What are your ideas for how the Rockies can clean this stuff up? Because it has been monumentally ugly course there were some good signs let me get into a couple of good things just to leave you on on some happy notes brendan rogers continues to do his thing fantastic series for him he's really been on a roll and he's arguably been the rockies best hitter in may after being the rockies worst hitter in april so that's pretty fantastic sam hilliard saved uh, saved shaved his beard off and went on to hit home runs in back-to-back games so he's probably going to keep it smooth shaved the rest of the year Uh, We've talked a lot about how he's had some pretty good at-bats and he's seeing more pitches and he's taking his walks, but we're just kind of waiting for the big power to come. And we saw it over the weekend. I think that's going to be good for him. And I think he's going to continue to be an offensive threat for this team. Again, the offense had a pretty decent series. Jonathan Daza is hitting 383 on the year, continuing to show that his contact is uh, kind of maxing out its, its potential right now. And he's been a valuable piece to... Now even bat near the top of the lineup. Connor Joe continues to do his thing, even though he's slowed down a bit. C.J. Crone, same thing. He's doing his thing, even though he's slowed down just a bit. Uh, you know, uh, Randall Gritchick. Basically, you know, the position players so far at the plate, like I said, defensively, that's what's killing me. But right now you look up and down the lineup and you go, yeah, okay. 
this guy can do some damage. Oh, this guy can do some damage. Oh, that guy could do some damage. Any given day, it's not going to shock you right now if any one of these players, one through nine, has a four RBI night and helps win you the ball game. Anyone from Joe to Iglesias, Rogers, Hilliard, McMahon, Gritchick, Crone, and that's before you even get Chris Bryant back, right? None of those guys is going to shock you if they win you a game with their offense. I guess Garrett Hampson is the one guy who, and even he had a, a base hit and a run scored and a walk in the game that he played in the set, right? So, it, it, man, it's just weird watching this team right now because position player-wise, everyone is doing good things. Even the guys whose overall numbers aren't great. In fact, two of the players whose overall numbers aren't great, Rodgers and Hilliard, are, are the guys who seem to be going best right this exact moment, right? And then the starting pitching. We've seen good outings now. We have two good outings from Herman Marquez this year. We've got a couple of good outings from Kyle Freeland this year. We've got a couple of good outings from Austin Gomber this year. And we've got a couple of good outings from Antonio Sensatella this year. But each one of those five guys has also had at least one game where they've totally blown up. Right, Chad Cool is the only starting pitcher so far who just hasn't come out and laid an egg. And that's weird, but there it is. <laughs> it's just the facts. So what do you do with that? On those two things, the two most important parts of the game, the hitting and the starting pitching, the Rockies have been pretty too very good. That's why it is so damned disheartening to see them losing games for the other stuff, for the in-between stuff, and for the bad bullpen. But the bullpen was good first month. We knew these bad times were going to come. That's why it was so important not to lose those other games, right? And moving forward again, that's why it's so important to play as close as you can to mistake-free baseball. Because if Rodgers is going to hit you these big, huge home runs, like he almost won them that game. If they hadn't given away six unearned runs, Brendan Rodgers, who had been one of their worst hitters for the first month of the season, would have won them that game with these big doubles and the big home run late and all this stuff. But no, the mistakes undo all of it. I'm sure there have been meetings and I'm sure there will be more because they simply cannot do that. I wanted to end on a high note. I started talking about the lineup being good, and but it is, but that it just highlights when you look up and down the lineup and you realize that every guy in there right now is someone you actually want to watch hit. And you look at the starting rotation and you go, yeah, each guy's had some clunkers, but there's good reason to believe on any given day out that each one of the five rotation guys can throw you a nice quality start at the very least. When you have that, you should be doing better than this. So that's why it's, Frustrating, despite the fact that the Rockies are still right there. And if they clean it up, they can continue to make themselves surprise contenders for a postseason spot this year. But if they keep playing how they have been for the last week, they won't come close. Simple as that. Thank you all for listening in to this episode of 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out all the other podcasts on the network, all the written content over at milehighsports.com. And you're joining me on social media and or in the Discord channel. Follow me at Drew Creaseman. Uh, hit me up in the DMs if you're interested about that Discord channel. You can also join me for 
Twitter spaces where we do some Q&A, a little bit of interacting. Uh, always love hearing questions and comments from all of you. Sometimes it reminds me about certain elements of the team I need to research and look into more. So I really appreciate interacting with Rockies fans. And if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can find me there or in the Discord. Like I said, lots of different places. I appreciate you all so, so much. So just keep being absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.